This is When Spirit Calls, and you on your journey are in the right place. This show is about magic, miracles, and meaning shared through stories, interviews, and channeled messages. We have so much to share about who you are and your divine mission here on the earth. Let's get to it. When Spirit Calls is right now. Please help me welcome Sherry Morgan. Sherry Morgan, working the umbrella Love is Round, is a guide for effective prayer. The core basis of prayer is the experience of connection. So Sherry provides a bridge from the world of separation to the world of connection. When we experience this connection, our prayers are received, healing takes place, and guidance for our lives is accessed. Sherry has taught the phenomenon of prayer in five countries over the last 22 years. Her teachers have included multiple elders and wisdom keepers in three Indigenous traditions, Ojibwa, Nahua, and Wichal. Sherry works with individuals and groups in person and virtually. Please visit loveisround.net to learn more about Sherry. Oh, hello, everyone. Welcome back. So happy to have you here. As you heard, I've got the lovely guest with us today, Sherry Morgan. Welcome, Sherry. Thank you, Dan. Uh, it's so to be here. It is so great to have you. And yeah. I have to say, you know, when I first met you and you talked about what you created with Love is Round, I just absolutely loved it. And I felt so drawn uh, to you and mm. I had a deep desire to connect more deeply. So I'm so excited for others to hear a little bit about your story and what you're doing with Love is Round. How did it go from Sherry as a young one to creating this organization? Well, thank you for that question. So I lived an ordinary childhood and early adult life was mostly in the corporate world. And I sometimes say these days that I lived a fully colonialized context. <laughs> I had no other world view. I had, that was it. Yeah. And uh, however, <laughs> in 1982, I, I did a personal growth program, a really intensive two weekend long hours program that cracked open a wall, I guess, that I didn't know I had. Wow. At the very end of the program, when we were walking out the doors, it took place in a high school auditorium. Well, it wasn't a school event, but so there was this funnel of 125 people maybe walking toward the doors. And in a certain moment, that's not where I was. I was, I was in a sea of people mm. and the hand of what I called God, again, that was the only context that I had at the time, but the hand of God reached oh. out of the sky wow. into this sea of people and picked me up with thumb and forefinger, lifted me over the sea of people and set me down outside of it. Oh my gosh. So I just want to recap this for the people that are listening. So you were at this event in this experience with all these other people and you literally felt, and you describe it as kind of the hand of God, literally picking you up and moving you. Yeah. And it wasn't a feeling. It was an experience. Ah, thank so, you. Yes. Yeah. I was, I was in the funnel of people and suddenly I'm in this experience. Wow. I'm no longer in a, you know, a funnel of people heading for doors. Yeah. I'm in this sea of people. And that's all that happened. And at the time I just thought, oh, okay. 
I think it's a sign that I was supposed to do this program and I've done it. So good. (laughs) You got your validation. I'm done now. Yeah. (laughs) And I didn't make anything of that. In fact, I don't remember sharing it with anybody. Yeah. I, I, um, 15 years later. And, but in the meantime, I've done many, 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 many personal growth programs. And after that experience, I was filled, I I would say it, that I was awakened. Something inside of me was awakened. Mm. And it was longing for spirit Ah. that I hadn't had before that experience. Wow. So I kept looking for spirit and talking about spirit and participating in, I don't know, new age women's movement things and (laughs) yoga and, you know, just different ways that I could find to uh, dabble, call it. But every now and again, I'd start receiving messages or guy, I would call them urges. Yes. That were out of the ordinary for me. And they would urge me to, for example, spiritual, go, go some more, like you need to do more, Mm -hmm. Uh, change my career, just different things that would I feel urged. And in 1993, so 11 years later, and between 93 and 95, my urges were go, leave, travel. Wow. And I was married and had two stepkids. So that's why it took me two years to put that together. <laughs> and so I finally, I borrowed money and I bought a Volkswagen van and off I went. Wow. Not knowing where to go or for how long, but I somehow knew that I would be guided. So off I went and seven months later, I think it was about seven months later, I was in Mexico and met a man and his wife who became my teacher. I didn't know it yet, but that's when I met them. And a couple months after that, he's now an elder Weichel shaman, and he started giving me messages from the spirit of fire. Wow. And they sent me off on six-month trek with a caravan and a bunch of different things, homework and so on. And then I, so a year after I first met him, I then met fire directly. Oh, wow. And fire sent me back to Canada with a long list of homework. Ah. (laughs) Part of the homework was to do a vision quest. And I had to find a native teacher for that and uh, did of course, find the right one. (laughs) And After the vision quest, I began to receive messages to teach people about prayer. Mm. And I got a lot of messages (laughs) to teach people about prayer. And I thought it was a great idea, but I didn't know what to do. (laughs) Finally, it dawned on me to write this shaman in Mexico. And so I did. And he, channeling fire, wrote back and said, not only is it a good idea, which is I had written to say, I think it's a good idea, but I don't know what to do. Right. And he wrote back and said, not only is it a good idea, it's part of your calling. And Mm. it's about time you picked up the phone. (laughs) (laughs) So that's how I got started on the prayer piece. And then, of course, there was an apprenticeship for me and some learning for me that I needed to do and various trips to Mexico. And I was initiated as a weather worker on the second of those trips back. And in the Nahuatl tradition of Mexico, where I had a past life, so a soul connection to that tradition. Yes. 
Wow. And then I began teaching in 98. And now I've taught in five countries and lots of different people. And it's an amazing program. Wow. That's the condensed version. That's the condensed version. (laughs) Okay. So now I have questions. So what is the experience meeting fire? Can you describe that? Like what that is? Because I can only imagine the the listeners saying, well, how the heck do you meet fire? What does that look like? So can you expand on that just a little bit? Yes. Thank you. So, well, fire is an elemental, some people would say an elemental God, but it's an, an elemental energy. So one of the Everybody would agree on four of them, and some cultures have five. Right. Wind. Can we just recap that for the audience? Wind, water, fire, earth. Yeah. And then there's, you know, depends on the tradition. There's different ones. Yes. But the Chinese five elements would be wood. Right. Fire, earth, metal, water. Right. Okay. And I think in the First Nations people in this country, it's mostly earth. Fire, air, I guess. Air, yes, yes. I said wind, but it's air. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. Yeah. great. Thank you. So in that way, fire is one of those elementals. Yeah. Now, fire taught us that our culture most needs fire at this time because we're a culture that have grown cold with fear. Ah. And fire is the energy of heart and warmth and passion, and joy, and connection. Mm, So what prayer has to do with heart is that the core basis of prayer is the experience of connection with the whomever or whatever. Holy Spirit, you know, whatever that might be. We want or tree or rock or ocean or... So the experience of connection is via the heart. Yes. So that's where heart comes in. And mind's job is to separate. So if we try to connect with our mind and our culture, of course, is very mind oriented. Yeah. All of us, I would say. (laughs) uh, We actually experience separation. Right. So that's the culprit that's in the way of our experience of connection. The culprit being separation. The culprit is the mind. Oh, the mind. Producing yes. the illusion that we're separate. Yes, the illusion that we're separate. Yes, the illusion of separateness is what is in the way. Yes. 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 So now I had an advantage. You asked, your question was how something about me fire. fire. Yeah. Well, fire. well <laughs> the shaman that I met in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico in February 96 turns out that his job is to help bring fire back the awareness of fire and the connection and experience of fire back to call it humanity. humanity. Yeah. I understand there are six people in the world that it's not called channeling and I forget what it's called, but fire actually uses certain, these six people comes in and speaks through the body. Okay. People. And he's the only one that I know of in our culture. Wow. So I happened to meet him right at the start and got in on all those early teachings of fire and the difference between mind and heart and many, many, many kinds of teachings. Wow. But it was fire in that way through the shaman's body, call it, 
yeah uh, gave me the format for the prayer workshop the insight yes yes that and fire's job is connection yeah fire's main job is connection wow okay so this was uh teachings call it by the source for how to connect how to connect and you know it's funny because every time you say the word fire i literally see a campfire and people around the campfire and how what a beautiful way to connect that is in itself but I love that fire is connection and I never saw it that way before. So what a beautiful insight for us to see that, that fire. I mean, even if we think about when we have some of these fires, forest fires, right. And everyone speaks about the devastation of these fires, but there's deeper layers behind that. I mean, naturally they would burn trees and fields for the regrowth, for the ashes and the minerals and everything that could be rebirthed from that fire. And I think that it's important people recognize the value in that connection, but also the awareness that fire is the heart and the joy and compassion that you spoke about as well. And to look at fire as opportunity for deeper connection, maybe it's deeper connection with mother earth even, but a different perspective to look at fire. You also mentioned being a weather worker. What, what's a weather worker? Does that mean that you can change the weather? <laughs> uh, well, unlike a, a meteorologist, <laughs> I'm not studying the science of weather. I have related with the weather forces themselves. And there's many ceremonies and so on to attend as a weather worker. A lot of offerings to make. Yeah. And... You know, this whole thing, if I sort of tie that question into prayer. Yes. There's a relationship between relationship and prayer. Mm. So as a weather worker, I mean, first of all, I had been initiated. And then it was my call it duty to relate with the weather forces themselves. Wow. Mostly as a weather worker, I would go out when the rains arrived. Because where I live, I don't get snow hardly ever. But when the rains arrive, I would go out with a, a salmero, which is an, I'll show it to you. Yeah. It's a device that holds oh, charcoal. Oh, like a chalice almost. And it's something like a chalice. Yeah. And you put charcoal, burn the charcoal, and then put, in my case, copal resin on the charcoal and produce a beautiful smoke and they mm. kind of wave it outside and thank them for the rain and all the gifts of the rain and so on. So at a base level, it's, that's what it is. Giving thanks, yes. precious life-giving rains, right? Right. Yes. And yes, if there was uh, damaging weather, because I now have relationship and not only relationship, but I have this initiation that makes it my duty to go out and ask them to stop mm. damaging. Yes. And, you know, and, that has worked. <laughs> now in Victoria, I don't need to do that hard. I mean, I maybe once in the years I've lived here, but in Ontario, I was out more often. But, yeah. yeah. Anyway, the important thing I think about prayer is an important thing is about relationship. Yes. So if we First Nations people around the world that still live in an indigenous context relate to the world as living, sentient, wise yeah and able to communicate with us yes 
we need relationship first. Absolutely. So I think going from none of that to walking up to a tree and say, hey, would you uh, help me? Would you give me a little guidance today, please, or something? It's, you know, it's not likely going to work that way. Yeah, it's a progression for many. Right. So, but you can build relationship with a tree. Yes, yes, you sure can. And pay respects lots and visit lots. And then someday you can go, hey, I don't know what to do. Can you help me? And receive that insight. I love this conversation so much, Sherry, because I think that we have forgotten connection. We've forgotten what that looks like. And we think, oh, well, I'll go on social media and I'll be connected. But that, you know, I think that's almost the opposite of connection because I think that what you do is you connect people with maybe these objects or energies, I'll say, that we oftentimes don't think requires connection. And so we build relationship to Mother Earth. We build relationship to the plants. We build relationship to the sun, to the moon, to the sky, to all the things. And that is our divine journey, I believe, is about building relationship to all things, even the things that we cannot necessarily even see. Building relationship to our soul and our spirit is much of the work that I do. And what you teach people is that there is deeper even deeper meaning in connecting with all energies, with all energies. Yes. So one of my first prayer teachers was an Ojibwe elder. And so this was before I got the uh, teachings from fire. Yes. And she took me out in nature and taught me a form for prayer. Mm. And I was to go out before sunrise. Now, anyway, I'm going to just tell it how she gave it to me. I was to go out before sunrise every morning, before eating anything, drinking anything, before peeing, before sunrise, get up, get out of bed, put clothes on, go outside and give thanks to everything in nature that you can witness or think of to give thanks for. Wow. She told me this would take just a few minutes at first, and then it would grow. And before long, it'd be half an hour, an hour and more. And she was right. And I was to do the same thing at night before going to bed. So for an entire 365 days, no matter what the weather conditions were, no matter how late it was when I went to bed or how early sunrise was, I went out in nature for an hour or more and gave thanks. Did nothing but give thanks to everything I could witness. It was so transformational. I remember having such negative thinking before that. Wow. Just these negative thoughts pretty much all the time. And very soon, my heart was full of gratitude, Mm -hmm. like real gratitude, not just thanks because it was polite or not just thanks because I was told I should, (laughs) (laughs) but super gratitude. And then aspects of nature began to speak back to me. Mm. They received my gratitude. I could feel it. And they would give me ideas. And it was a purely transformational year. So that was my real first experience with what I might call animistic prayer. Wow. Wow. And it built relationships all over the place. Well, of course it did. Yeah. (laughs) I I asked for nothing. 
No, nothing. But you just prayed in gratitude, prayed your thanks to all things in existence and all things you could think of in existence. I love this practice. And I'm going to encourage our listeners to think about a practice that they can make. It doesn't have to be morning and night like you did, Sherry, but it could be just taking five minutes through the day to go and to just stand outside and to start off by seeing and saying thank you to all the things that you can witness and then build on that and build that list. Because there is such power in that, you know, that gratitude is a form of prayer. As Absolutely. Well, right. Yeah. I think it's a foundational form. Of ah, prayer. yes. Yes. <laughs> There's such power in prayer. I, I feel like we're not going to have enough time to talk all about it today, but I want to share a little story and then I, I'll give you a chance to add in some more. You know, I was raised Catholic and so we went to church and I was baptized and had my first communion and all the things that you go through as a Catholic person. And so prayer was a big part of that. And in particular, the Our Father. And when I was five after my near-death experience, I started to have really lucid dreams. And many of them were quite terrifying. Battles with witches and demons and all sorts of things at a very young age. And I, I didn't watch any bad stuff. I don't know where I got any of this from other than it came from, you know, that etheric world, if you will. And so I would wake mom up a lot at nighttime, mom, I'm scared or whatever. And I would even sleep. Sometimes I'd bring my pillow and blanket and I'd sleep on the bedroom floor with mom and dad beside them. And so one of the things that mom really instilled is in me at a very young age was the power of prayer. And so I had a routine of prayer, but what was really profound is that as I became more conscious and matured, I started to have very lucid dreams. So when I would have my lucid nightmares, I would start praying. I would start saying the, our father within the dream, I had enough consciousness within the dream. That's how lucid they were that I could say, Oh, I just need to pray and I'll just pray. And as soon as I started to pray in every situation, whatever was there, the dark energy, whatever that was scary, it would dissolve or it would become afraid and it would leave. Or something would happen and I would wake up and I would be fine. You know, so prayer was very powerful in terms of being a safety mechanism, even for me growing up. And so that I think that saved me from a lot of the challenges that I could have had with those types of dreams. So I wanted to share that because and it was the Our Father that I would say as soon as I would start the Our Father, whatever, you know, minions were around gone, they would go right. So you know, really validating the power of that. But prayer doesn't need to look like the, the, our father, right? Prayer, like you just shared in your story can be gratitude. And I just want to invite you, if someone has never really gotten comfortable with prayer, aside from doing the gratitude, is there other things that they can be doing? Or are there other things they can be doing that can help them to just step into that building of relationship? Because Like you said, we also build relationship to prayer itself, right? And so what are some things that people can do that would help them with that? First of all, I want to say I love the story you shared and about the Our Father Uh, prayer. And, you know, I would say back to relationship, you had a relationship with that prayer. You had a relationship within a religion, which is totally cool. Whatever way you've got a relationship, man, the relationship works. Yeah. And the thing that occurs to me is that our father, or in my case, I might call on 
the spirit of fire or the spirit of earth or ocean or, you know, whatever, they have a more power. They have more power than these fearful entities. Right. So calling on them, if you're in a fearful place, calling on them can call them in. (laughs) And then those more fearful energies will just, oh, I'm out of here. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's a really good uh, tip. I would light a candle. So one option is to go outside and actually pray and give thanks to the trees, the ocean, whatever it is that is around you. The seasons themselves, for sure, the rain. Yes. (laughs) But that's definitely an option. And even if you're just out for a walk, you can be doing that, right? Right. Thank you, tree. You're beautiful. Or thank you for your apples or whatever it is. Mm. Thank you for your shade. But if you're indoors and want to have a prayer practice, whether it's in religion or not, whether it's just a more animistic type of connection to call it the world around us, I would suggest lighting a candle first. Mm, I love that. You you can ask fire, build the relationship with fire because it's really building relationship with heart. Right. And then you've got this relationship. Fire will help. If you're struggling with how to pray and whatever, fire will help. Okay. Heart, you could say heart or heart will help. Yeah. However you see that, right? Yes. Yeah. I love that. So that's one really good suggestion. And gratitude, of course, is a great way to do start anything yeah. and use it a lot. It'll help transform your world. <laughs> And, you know, I've told people before, I'm like, just try it. Even if you feel weird about it, even if you do it in your head, you don't even have to verbalize it. You can even pray inside your mind, right? There's still power in that. And so I've kind of joked with people that like, at first it might feel like you're, you know, talking to nobody or that connection not being made to anything in particular, but eventually you'll start to see that it is connected to something on the other end. Um, yes, persist- and- it's be patient and persistent. Yes, yeah. And you know, you're pointing to something that I think is one of the blocks that we have in the English. Well, first of all, to be brought up in a colonialized culture where we don't relate with the world as living and sentient and wise and able right. to help us. The English language itself is eyes or it eyes. Mm. everything other than humans pretty much right so the tree it doesn't you know it's not right and we just say fire we you know in the indigenous traditions it's probably some more respectful title like grandfather fire or something like that grandmother ocean or right 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 right. so we don't personalize these relationships we it eyes them and then of course it's hard to get our mind around having a prayer relationship with something that's an it yes right like talking to a tree yes but the power in that on the other side is just so profound part of me thinks why wouldn't anybody want to have a relationship with the trees and the oceans and the rivers and all that but we have been you know conditioned right? To disassociate a little bit or disconnect or see ourselves as separate from those things, like you said earlier. And so it's not our fault. No, it's not make wrong here. Absolutely. You know, it's no (laughs) wonder, no wonder that is the way we mostly are. But the invitation for all of you listening today is to 
engage or recognize where you already are practicing prayer, but if you're not to invite you to expand that gift of that relationship with prayer so that you can be using prayer as a way to deepen your connection with this extrinsic or outer world that we have. But naturally what happens is we deepen our relationship with ourselves, don't we? Yes. So that is the invitation to everyone listening today. There is power in prayer. Sherry, are there any final words that you want to share with our audience today about prayer? Any tidbits that you want to share as we wrap up? When you first introduced me, you said you mentioned love is round. Yes. And I didn't say anything about that. That's right. I'd like to just share that after teaching people, after my own experiences, many here and there over quite a few years, and also teaching a lot of people about the phenomenon of connection and prayer. What I noticed was that people, the experience of connection that was reported to me after people had these experiences was almost always the word love, or I felt related, I felt known, I was in the tree, the tree was in me or the plant or whatever, things like that. So the experience of connection was very real, but the experience of connection was always loving. In 2015, in my prayer time one day, the words love is round arrived. Mm. I wish I could say those three words and give you what I was given in those (laughs) moments, but it was, I saw it as the design of our universe, the very design of our universe. That everything, we all exist in a sea of love. And when I, for me, round is not linear. No. Yeah. Our language can create the linearity. Right. It's me and it. Right. Or, and it's good or bad, or I'm good or bad, or, you know, all the ways that we create separation and a linear world. And we've gone so far down that tunnel that we actually just have forgotten our nature. Yeah. Our capital N nature, I call it nature's capital N nature (laughs) is round love. So that means I'm part of it. I'm in its design. It's me and I, we are all love is round. Yes. And that's available. That's that experience is accessible and available through prayer, through certain people probably have had that experience with meditation. Yeah. So my company, well, I, I don't even think of it as a company, but my website is called Love is Round. And so now that has become the context for my work. Beautiful. And the context for people, for I think for life and healing. Yeah. Wow. How could I get back to love is round? Ah, <laughs> oh, right. Well, it's so beautiful because I do believe that what we give out, we receive back, you know, in a cyclical pattern as well. And so I think that there's so much to this love is round concept. I can just imagine your experience or your epiphany that you had when it came to you. And it's like, how do I articulate that now? <laughs> into words that we can understand. But what a wonderful invitation for people to go and explore that deeper connection and understanding what love is for them and and what it is, what it means in the bigger sense of the world as well. So yeah. loveisround.net, you can find Sherry. 
Sherry, is there anything that you want to extend as a call to action for people who really resonated or they want it? Maybe they have a desire to learn prayer. You know, can they reach out to you? What does that look like? Absolutely. So, thank you. I do one-on-one work with people. I also do group work. There's teachings, there's coaching, and what I call companion prayers. Mm. So people who are looking for particular guidance, one of the benefits, by the way, of prayer, perhaps the best, I don't know, this experience of connection is pretty darn good. But we, it is our birthright to receive guidance. Mm. It's a natural part of this connectedness and relatedness. So a benefit of prayer, of course, is to help get some divine guidance. Yes. And I say that nature knows us better than we know ourselves. They relate to us at a soul level, not at our mind level. Like we're wondering, do I look okay? And all that sort of stuff. (laughs) Right. But they don't see that part of us. They see the soul and they can speak to that. So Of course, I encourage that with people's own prayer practice. But if people want a particular prayer, like I'm struggling with X, whatever it is, I do prayers with them. My prayer amplifies their prayer. Yes. They receive the guidance Mm. and they get it right then. So we can either do that in person or by phone. It doesn't matter. It works equally well. Well, my mom always said when two or more are gathered that, you know, your calls will be answered even more. So it's amplified, like you said, so yeah, but in this case, it's a particular, it's seeking guidance, yes, and getting it immediately with the intent to get that guidance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, this is just wonderful. I learned a lot today, Sherry. Thank you so much for sharing your heart and for holding space for people so that they can deepen their connection and their relationship with prayer, but with the whole entire world as we know it as well. So what a delight it's been. And again, for all the listeners out there, I encourage you, please, if something that uh, Sherry said resonated for you, please do reach out, go explore her website, loveisround.net. And you will be able to discover all about her programs and offerings. And most certainly, if you're looking for somebody to help you in that phase of moving into prayer, understanding prayer more deeply, you know that Sherry is there for you. Thank you. Sherry, thank you so very much for being a delight. Uh, It has been a delight. So thank you and farewell. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks, Deanne. So happy you could join us today, and we hope that you found comfort and inspiration with wherever you are at right now. If you feel you received a gift in today's message, please pass that gift along to a loved one by sharing this episode with them. To continue this conversation, please join me at rosehope.ca, and when you do, be sure to access your free gift by signing up for the When Spirit Calls newsletter. I'm looking forward to connecting with you again soon.